and welcome to the Cigar Cast. This is Shane. I'm skipping all the introductory stuff that Trey usually does. This is a special edition. Had a little time off. All my podcasts that I usually listen to are on Best Of. So I said, why don't the Cigar Cast do a special edition? So I got to come sit down with Robbie Roach from Big Boy Cigars. And I'll hear we're sitting outside the new shop, man. This is exciting. At all, are you are you excited? Or can oh, yeah. you hardly wait? Oh yeah, we are. Like like I was telling you earlier, we're counting down the days. We're less than we're about a month. Well, we're less than a month from opening now. So, and everything's taking shape inside. The floor's done, the ceiling's done, the humidor's framed out. You know, I walk in that humidor, and it's just it's exactly how I want it to feel. It's big. It's spacious. Uh, it, it's just everything. I'm blessed. Everything is just coming together really nice. Well, and we're sitting out here on the veranda kind of overlooking. If you hear traffic, it's because we're overlooking Highway 31 in Spring Hill, which is kind of the main drag. And I just yeah. have ever since you showed me this location, this is where you're going to do it. I said, how many times is somebody going to be sitting in traffic and look up and kind of see the big boys cigar Absolutely. Sign? And so, you know, I could sit in traffic for the next hour, or I could go yes. have a stick, have a beer, and still get home at about the same time. Yes. <laughs> and also, so I think you've got a great location. I love the location. Um, you're right across from everybody. If you come to Nashville, you've got to try hot chicken, and you've got to go to Martin's Barbecue. And Martin's Barbecue is right here in the same parking lot. Mm. Martin's is just outstanding. By the way, how, how mad are, at me are you for... Um, Introducing you to Andy's yes. frozen custard. The Andy's frozen <laughs> custard. It it's great. Like I come here every Tuesday. And every Tuesday I come to lunch at Cali Burrito. Right. They have dollar seventy five tacos. And it's the it's the California tacos. So they're not as heavy. So you can eat six or seven of them. Sure. I try to only eat four or five. <laughs> try to keep it to a half even half dozen. Yes. And then you know, then I check on the shop, I check on construction, then I get me an Andy's. Uh, I like the, just the the concrete mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, have you had the apple pie? No, oh, I haven't had the apple pie. The apple pie concrete with a shot of caramel in it is the, the thing that angels oh, must eat. It's wow. outstanding. But wow. but anyway, we, let's light up some cigars yeah. and talk about the, you're getting to live the dream. You're getting yes. to do, everybody says at one point in their life, I'd like to own a cigar shop. Yes, yes. smoke cigars. But tell everybody what you're smoking. I am smoking uh, McAuliffe. As you know, I'm a big, big, big McAuliffe guy. And McAuliffe does very well at the shop. Uh, and we're going to have a big presence of McAuliffe here uh, at Big Boy's Spring Hill. I have their, her, the McAuliffe Herencia Maduro in the Toro size. Uh, this size came out earlier this year, uh, maybe back around springtime. And it's one of those cigars that you change the size and it really changes the flavor of a cigar. You know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, Trey and I have talked about that. You know, so much so that now I've got to where when I try new cigars, I oftentimes end up trying the um, Robusto to start yeah. with. Because they're all kind of blended to Robusto. Right. But some cigars, it the size change affects the flavor more yeah. than others. Yeah. And all, it's just a matter of how the leaves and all that come together. 
Everybody that hears traffic, Spring Hill is a busy town. Yes, and I'm thankful <laughs> for that. Yeah, they're Stay a busy, busy town. Spring Hill. <laughs> but I actually live here in Spring Hill, so we're about 10 minutes from my, yeah. my home. So this will be a place I'm at probably more than I ought to be. Awesome. <laughs> 10 minutes and a mile and three quarters, yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Well, I take, I take the back roads, so it, it turns out all right. <laughs> And all, but there'll probably be a lot of days that I come up here for a lunchtime cigar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And all, so Robbie gave me a Desvalido from Dapper Cigar. So I was reading about the Desvalido. It's a Honduran wrapper, and it comes from the Oliva factory. And probably most of this cigar was made from the Oliva factory. I'm looking forward to it because, so I've had the Dapper, the El Baracho, a couple of them. My only complaint, it's a very good cigar. I just don't get the complexity out of it. So I'm hoping that this Desvalido has a little more complexity, a little more a little more kick to it. But, I, but Dapper, I mean, the thing about it, you hand somebody a Dapper, you know they're going to get a quality cigar. That what you're handing them is something that's going to burn even. It's going to be a good smoke. Um, not everything has to be super, super full or super high profile. Actually, I've got friends that you know we talk about a step-up cigar a lot of times when they're doing a step-up cigar i'll hand them one of the dappers yeah and it's a great brand yeah so so tell so tell people how you decided well i like my cigar how you decided to open a second shop how how that come to to fruition well you know we opened the shop in spring hill in uh summer of 2018 and you know, about nine months in, we kind of got our we kind of got our leg our sea legs under us or whatever. And uh, I think I combined two metaphors there. But anyway, uh, we got to where we knew what we were kind of doing a little bit. Got nine months in or so, and we started hearing about you know Spring Hill that there was a great opportunity. Someone should open a shop in Spring Hill. Spring Hill needs a big, nice shop. I'd hear it from reps and and things like that. And then about a year in, I went to Vegas uh, to the IPCPR and called PCA now. But uh, and it was a game changer for me for the for the business. You know, we made connections that we've never made before. We met people we've you know never met before in the in the business and the industry. Uh, we got hooked up with Padron. We got hooked up with my father. We got hooked up with Ashton. Some of those harder to get retailers. We got hooked up with those guys, LFD. Uh, and even at the show, you know, meeting all the different uh, shop owners in the Middle Tennessee area, you know, it was kind of common knowledge that, you know, that Spring Hill needed a big, nice, shop you know spring hill had kind of outgrown the smaller shop that's already there uh or whatever well so, the smaller shop that's already here is ran by a jerk okay and i'll you know when you told me you were going to do a shop in spring hill that was the first thing i told you is your first challenge is attracting the cigar smokers back that that guy has run right off. right we won't, we won't know the name say the name of the right. shop but anybody that's been around knows some people just shouldn't own a cigar shop. This is one of those guys. Right. And uh, so, yeah, Spring Hill really had a need for a good cigar lounge. Yes. So, you know, we 
you know, we kept hearing Spring Hill, Spring Hill, Spring Hill. Someone should do Spring Hill. Someone needs to build, you know, do a shop in Spring Hill. And we just started doing research, uh, started doing a lot of praying about it. Uh, and then over time, we kind of got to where, you know, we lined some money up and we did some stuff. And we got everything pretty much lined up. We started looking for, for spots. Uh, got turned away by several spots just because, oh, we don't want smoking. And, you know, a lot of them were strip centers. Uh, and, you know, a strip center, you got a business on either side sometimes. And uh, some, some people just told me, no, straight up, no, nah, we, don't, we don't want smoking in, in our building. And one was like, oh, no, nah, we want health conscious. You know, we're, we're, we want medical stuff over here. Right. You know, no, nah, we're not doing that. So we started looking, found the spot we liked. And, I mean, this is, I, I can't imagine a better spot in Spring Hill than where we ended up. Uh, and then, so we started looking at the this spot back in January. And we actually uh, signed a, uh, an LOI, letter of intent, uh, back in February for this spot. Uh, and then we all know... You know the so dreaded you, coronavirus hit, and yeah. So you signed February of 2020. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah. But it was just a letter of intent. So once the virus got out, once the virus got going, it kind of, you know, it kind of put a put a put a big hold on everything. Because I mean, we're kind of on the backside of this now, uh, but back then we didn't know. Like we didn't know if stuff was going to get shut down, if stuff was going to stay shut down, if there was going to be a second shutdown. I mean, there was just so much that we didn't know that, uh, you know, I just, I couldn't go through with it then. And, and we kind of ghosted each other. Like I didn't call them. They didn't call me. We, I think we both kind of just understood, you know, understood things and where things were and, and everything like that. But I didn't give that up. I just kind of put that on the back burner. You know, sometimes you got to put something on the back burner and, you know, there's a setting, low, warm, and off. You know, I kind of put it on the back burner and kind of put it between low and warm, you know, and, and, and you know, put the, pan, put, the, put the lid just cracked just a little bit and every month or so I'd stir it up a little bit and I'd research and, you know, I kept praying about it, of course, and, Finally, you know, we got to where we could start seeing some light at the end of the tunnel and kind of just realized this is a, you know, this is an opportunistic climate. You know, if we take a chance here, you know, and start building this thing before we're out of the woods, you know, maybe we can negotiate a better deal and and things like that. And that's what we did. We, We negotiated you know, a better deal than we were going to get previously, you know, because it was a pandemic. And I got some SBA money. I got an SBA loan that helped with this and everything like that. So, yeah, it's, you know, in life, you can either sit around and and decide why you can't do something or you can just sit down and get it done. Yes. And you did, you did exactly we right. We made you lemonade. Just, right. You just decided, hey, yeah. we're going to get it done. We made the lemonade. <laughs> and and that just that's that's awesome. That's the way and I would say more of your cigar people have that spirit 
I know that I deal with a lot more entrepreneurs when I'm t- sitting around talking to people in the cigar shop than anywhere else. And, I'll, and so Spring Hill's kind of an interesting place in mm-hmm. that we had the Saturn plant came in in 1983. That was really when the Saturn plant was announced in the 80s, and in 83 was when they were really, they were getting it built, getting everything stocked and all. And Spring Hill at that time, nothing that we're looking at right now existed. Right. And all, you know, of course, it's 30 years ago. But nothing we're looking at right now even existed. This was all open field between Columbia and Franklin. There was one gas station. There was... Um, a video store, <laughs> if you can remember yeah. that. I remember how, what a big deal Pick it was. Flick. Yeah. yeah, what a big deal it was to get a video store in Spring Hill. Um, so everything was so different. And then after Saturn announced, and now we're at a stage where most of the people that work in Sa- at Saturn actually live in Lawrenceburg. Mm. Most of the people that live in Spring Hill now work in Nashville. Yes. And it, it's such a different demographic. It's kind of shifted because for a while, everybody lived in Spring Hill that worked at Saturn. And then as house prices went up, they moved down there because they could get the, they make a huge, huge lick on their house. Yeah. They sell their houses. So it's really interesting how the, the market has changed. And I'm going to be so interested to see what clientele comes in here. Um, the clientele is going to be, is everything. In a cigar shop, yeah. your clientele is everything. Yes. And uh, now... In Dixon, you have a great clientele. Your clientele in Dixon's a lot of fun guys. I've got to yes. go up there and sit with them. Blue collar. Yeah, everybody knows great everybody. Guys. Yeah, it's it's a it's a neighborhood, small town feel to it. Yeah, and you probably do you do much business just in and out, just people picking up something and leaving. I, I do not not as much as the loungers, but I. I do get grab-and-goes, and they're a big part of my business. And, you know, generally the grab-and-go, they're buying four or five, and the lounger's buying one and a beer or two or a soda or two. So, you know, the, the grab-and-goes are just as good. But yeah. I get probably 30% of my business off of grab-and-go and 70% off of loungers. And I think that that's going to be an interesting aspect of the being in a bigger, more bu- – or. Dixon's still about probably even a little bigger than Spring Hill. They're at least the same size, if no. not a little bigger. You talking about landmass or population? Well, landmass wise. Oh, landmass, yeah. Dixon's pretty big. There's only in the city. There's only fifteen thousand five hundred people. Right. Compared so. to about forty eight fifty thousand people out here, uh, but I think landmass wise, it's probably Dixon may be a little bigger, uh, maybe see, a little bigger. See, folks. Well, this is the part of opening your own store. You notice how quick he knew how many people were in Spring Hill and how many people were in Dixon? I know how much they make, too, and it's double what the Dixon people make. So, Yeah, you know yeah. The, the economics of I, them? I, I, yes, I know the breakdown of just about everything. So who's been, have you been getting advice or have you been working through it? How have you been deciding kind of, are you just going to bring the same cigars you have in Dixon to Spring Hill and listen to your clientele? Have you done some research and come up with, okay, we're going to try to offer a couple of different sticks? What What's the inventory as opposed to the demographics? How's that worked for you? So, believe it or not, uh, the, Dixon, uh, the Dixon guys really like uh, higher-end uh, boutique-ish uh, cigars. 
you know, I would have thought, you know, with with the lower uh, household family income in Dixon, you know, I'd have thought I would have sold a lot of cheap stuff, a lot of $8 stuff. But that's just not the case. I mean, guys come in and they know that this is a this is a treat for them, so they don't mind spending 12, 15, 18 bucks. Um, so, you know, the boutique stuff is big in, in Dixon, Padron, Fuente, Liga Pravada, all of that stuff is very big in Dixon. So uh, I do have, you know, Will Wilson. Right. Uh, William Wilson. He is one of my best friends, and we've known each other a long time, and he has kind of just evolved with me, you know, as a simple, hey, give me some advice here, give me some advice there. Now he's helping me run my marketing. He's doing, you know, Facebook stuff for me. Uh, you know, so he's kind of kind of helps me out and, you know, and, and, you know, I hook him up with cigars and stuff like that. But we've kind of grown that relationship into he's very good at helping me bring the right stuff in. Uh, and a lot of the, and you've been a big help questioning you about what you think will go out here, what you think will sell out here. We are planning on pretty much doing most of what we do in Dixon. Uh, the good thing is we've got room for about 100 to 150 more boxes of cigars in Spring Hill than we have in Dixon. So we will have a bigger selection here. Uh, and we think, you know, some of the iconic brands don't do as well in Dixon. Romeo and Julieta, uh, Partagas, you know, some of those older Monte Cristo, some of those don't go as well. But we've heard from you and, and from others that we think those will go very well here. So we'll have kind of a similar inventory to Dixon, but we'll have a lot of that, those iconic things, uh, a lot of those iconic brands as well. Yeah, you know, you're going to, I think you're going to find an, in an interest, it's going to be interesting to see how the clientele breaks down here, because if you look, it's that way all over, you know, you look at somewhere like, um, you know, now we're talking specifically to Tennessee, so everybody follow along on your map at home. Right. If you look at somewhere like Bell Mead Cigar or over off of West um, West End, the cigar shops over there and in East Nashville, they're all boutique. Yeah. But then as you get closer to the heart of town, you get into more of the Perdomo selling and all of yeah. the, the Olivas and all the staple brands start selling as you get get right. away from that. So. I'm gonna. I think Spring Hill's gonna fall somewhere in the middle. I think you got a population here that's pretty educated about cigars and knows. Okay, every time I pick up a Perdomo, it's gonna be a great stick. Right. It may not. It may not knock my socks off, but it's gonna right. be good every time I yeah. smoke one. And then you're gonna have people willing to try different stuff. So I think it's gonna be a good blend. I think this is a a really cool area. So right. And so, what's your game plan as far as events? How's have y'all really put a thought into the events? How that's going to work? We have. Uh, and one thing that somebody gave me some advice very, very, very early on in Dixon, uh, and the advice was: don't have too many events. Don't become the events shop. Right. You know, some places have every Tuesday they have an event. And then guess what happens? That's their busiest night, and that's when everybody goes to that shop is on that 
is on Tuesday. And then their Fridays are less and their Saturdays are less. So I think you can have too many events. Our goal is to kind of – our standard has been to kind of have an event every other month uh, to try to bring somebody in every other month. Now, we also uh, kind of came up with a mini event that we call – you've heard of cutting lights – well, when we launch a new brand, we have what we call a launching light. And that's basically like, hey, from 5 to 7 on Thursday night, we're going to have free pizza, and we're launching this new brand, and at 5 o'clock is when you'll be able to buy this new brand. And, by the way, the rep will be there, and he'll tell you all about the brand and everything like that. No, no deals, no raffles, no giveaways, just kind of a chance intimately to talk to the rep, about about his cigars or her cigars and where they're from what they what notes you should get and things like that but uh back to the question yeah about every two months we're going to do an event now we will have uh we plan to kind of soft open uh and then about a week to 10 days later we're going to have a very big event uh so think think maybe last weekend-ish of January, we'll have our grand opening event. Right. Uh, so, and, you know, the way we do events, we're going to feed you. That's just what we do at events. We feed you. Uh, and we don't charge for the food. We don't charge for the event. There's no cover charge. There's no anything like that. Uh, because, you know, cigars are a luxury item. They're sure. expensive enough without paying a cover charge to get, you know, a barbecue sandwich and some baked beans or two slices of pizza and some chips or whatever. So, uh, but we're all, Will and I are already discussing plans for this big event. It won't be around any particular cigar brand because I love all my guys and I can't give it, give the opening first event opening. Can't pick your favorite yeah. child. <laughs> but one thing I will do is for that event, I will invite all of my reps to come out. So you may get a chance to meet some of the reps uh, that night just kind of intimately. You know, they're just one of the crowd hanging out, supporting us, you know. But they'll still be there. They'll, they'll tell you about their cigars and things like that. So, Well, and I'll tell you, one of the things that gets done in other places that I've never, that owners around here haven't done is the educational events where they have a blender come in and he says, okay, here's how we're going to blend this cigar. Here's how this yeah. works and really educates people. And they even sell tickets to them and all. And so that would be a cool thing, especially as you're bringing, as you're bringing a cigar culture into an area that doesn't really have one right now that most people you know, most casual people, if they've walked into that other shop, have been turned off of them. Yeah. So you've got to create a whole environment yeah. that's going to bring people in, mm -hmm. and all, and that's going to be exciting. And there's going to be and there's going to be some growing pains. Yeah. There's going to be, and I, have you ever had to throw anybody out of the Dixon store? I have not. Uh, I have a, you know, and I lack in a lot of areas, but one area I don't lack in is patience. Uh, I have quite a bit of patience. Uh, and I'm a people person, um, so if anybody ever did make me mad, they would have to really, I mean, it, right. it would take a lot, you know what well, I mean? There, you know, that unfortunately, that is 
part of the cigar business. You know, up, up at several of the shops I've been, there's certain people that just, they bring the whole room down. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, whatever they're doing, they're just bringing the whole room down, and those people have to be asked yeah. not to come back. Well, we prefer to try to bring those people up. So that's kind of been our our strategy for the most part, you know, is to try to do that. But, no, we've never had to throw anybody out uh, as of yet. Uh, and hopefully we won't have to. Hopefully we won't have to out here. Uh, the things that I've noticed in Dixon is guys, guys got it. Even though that was an untapped market, you know, guys kind of got it. Uh, and I have some good friends that opened a, a cigar shop about a year ago, and they just did a big post kind of talking about etiquette for their guys and what to do and what not to do. And, you know, you don't come in and bring your own stuff and not right. buy anything. And, you know, that's kind of been one of the things when I opened Dixon. You know, I didn't have any rules. I didn't have a cut fee. I didn't, you know, I didn't charge it if you wanted to, you know, bring your flask in or or whatever. I just, I didn't have those rules because I was trying to, grow a new business but my guys out there and girls got it you know they don't come in and take advantage you know they come in and and they might you know and if they do bring a stick in they got it there like right it's something they bought from you that they've yeah and uh that's you know we talk about it on the show all the time if you buy your cigars online smoke them online yeah don't buy don't buy them don't don't bring them into a shop to me that's that tells me more about the character of a person than anything except for playing golf with them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, the, the, yeah. ulti- the ultimate way to tell the character of a man is to play around a golf with him. Yeah. But secondary to that is if somebody, you know, if they're one of those people that bring, now if they've got a really nice bottle of whiskey and they bring it in to share with everybody and it's, it's available through local codes, we'll, we'll add that in there. Yeah. Um, if somebody brings something like that to share, that's cool. Yeah. And all, but you don't want them running down here to the Seven Eleven and grabbing a six pack of Coors and bringing it yeah. in here and slinging it up yeah. on the barn. Now I do. I will be selling beer. Uh, I have obtained my beer permit for the Spring Hill shop already. I don't carry liquor or anything like that, so I don't allow, you know, I don't allow guys to bring their own beer in or anything like that. Uh, in Dixon, you know, the BYOB is kind of discretionary. Yeah. You know, I have a particular night where I do allow it. Uh, but if you bring like a whole bottle in, it doesn't leave. Right. You bring it in and you share it with everybody on that sure. on that particular night. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine. And if, you know, I always say the Yeti cup is the new flask. Oh, yeah. So just, you know, if, if you need... You know, if you need a shot of this or that when you're puffing in my shop, just bring your Yeti cup in, have it already remixed and remastered, and just and enjoy keep it, yourself. Keep it discreet. Yeah, enjoy just, yourself. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. You know, um, you don't want you don't you don't find a lot of the classic drunks at cigar shops. Most Correct. of the people at cigar shops they they want to drink with their cigar. 
they just enjoy it or they're hanging out with somebody they don't you know a lot of people that don't even smoke cigars will come sit down and have a couple of the beers or something like that and just sit with a friend because a a cigar is a unit of time yeah you know you can really tell time by how how long a cigar lasts when i ask you to have a cigar with me i'm asking for 45 minutes to an hour of your life yes and that's really it's magical Mm-hmm. Just the way it works, and having places where people can do that, and uh, I ca- I can't wait. I'm very excited because there's a lot of busybodies, yeah, and uh, and there's going to be a lot of education of people that okay, this is this is not a den of inequity. This is a gentleman's right. retreat. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that there are you know there are rules of etiquette. There are cigar etiquette rules. There right. are things you don't do. You know, you don't crush your cigar out. When you're done with it, it yeah. leaves a terrible smell. You don't ash on the floor. You don't right. make a mess. You know, there's so many of those etiquette rules that it's part of it's part of what I've loved about cigars is getting used to all the etiquette yeah. of it and everybody really being able to swap out and talk about different things yeah. and all of that. So it, that I think once that gets established, and I think every shop kind of has their own etiquette. Yeah, yeah, we're we're a little less refined in Dixon, I would say. Uh, We are a little messy. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's definitely, there's etiquette to it. You know, there's etiquette to how you talk. Uh, There's etiquette to what you talk about. Right. You know, I I made two rules when I opened Dixon. We don't talk religion and we don't talk politics. Now, I will say... Both of those rules have been broken from time to time, and the religion rule, surprisingly, it's not even a rule anymore because guys seem to be able to talk about that uh, respectfully to each other. Hey, I believe this. Well, I respect that, but I believe this. And we haven't had, you know, much issues. But the one or two times in the last two years where politics has come up or things like that and I hadn't had a chance to kind of shut it down it's you know it's gotten you know I had two of my regulars get pretty heated at each other uh but being the gentleman that they are uh within 12 hours they were calling texting me apologizing and they were calling texting each other apologizing and I think they both felt really bad about it uh you know so yeah there's a lot of etiquette Uh, around the cigar shop well and one of the skills that you have to learn to master is you know trey and i are everybody listens to the podcast knows trey and i are polar opposites in most aspects in our life and there are times that we have a discussion that we finally just say okay we've got to agree to disagree yes and then we move on to another topic yeah and 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 that's one of the beautiful things about it you know you get so because again a cigar you're talking about time where you're just sitting and talking there's not a lot of the tv may be on and if it's an important game that people will be watching it but that's such a small portion of the year there's a lot of times that you're just sitting around talking yeah just exchanging ideals and everything like that so let's talk about the physics of the shop okay and uh so you i've i just took a tour of it and uh, I was I was blessed enough that you let me help you with some of the design yes. stuff, and I had a blast Big doing that. Big thank you. Big thank you to you, oh. Shane. Shane did my original drawings for me, uh, which made made it so easy uh, for my construction guys and everything like that. And I think like 95% of what you and I sat down with in your office that day, I mean, 
90, I think we've only changed three or four or five percent of it. Most of that was because of codes this or sure. or codes that. So, I mean, thank you so much for that. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm do I'm appreciate honored, your, your honored help. to have got to be part of that because that's always, you know, because I'm like everybody else out there listening. I have the fantasy of one day owning a cigar right, shop. Right. <laughs> and yes. also, it was, a, it was a good practice kind yeah. of for that. Yeah. And uh, so that, you know, it's been fun. So the shop's going to have, because we always talk about this on the podcast, yes. zones. Sure. That a shop kind of has to have zones in that, you know, one of the ones I go to in Brentwood is really well zoned. There's four or five different zones people yes. can set in in that shop. And one of the ones up there that I don't go to that actually probably has a little better humidor, <laughs> I don't go there because they only have one area. They don't right. have a zone type feel. Right. You can't sit there. You know, I could go up and have a intimate discussion with somebody about something going on in their life over a cigar up there. And be totally anonymous, or I can sit with 15 other guys and watch right. Alabama play football. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and all. So, um, so how many different zones are going to be in here? So we will have, uh, I would say, three different zones. Uh, our first zone is uh, we have the bar area. Of course, you can sit at the bar. We have a high bar. We have a low bar. Uh, we won't be selling food at this location, uh, but p- got, people will be welcome to bring lunch in, whatever. Uh, so anybody wanting to eat, they can do that. Um, and if anybody's drinking beer or anything like that, sometimes guys just like, guys and girls just like sitting at a bar. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they like conversing with the, with, the, with the person on duty. Sure. So, you know, a lot of times guys looking to conversate, you know, we'll sit at the bar and kind of chat up the bar, the you know, the barkeep or whatever. Uh, so we'll have that area. Well, it's in the barkeep's code. They have to listen. Correct. Yes. <laughs> and all. I've, I've, I believe it's in the bartending. Talk about etiquette. There's a lot of etiquette there, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, then we'll have what I call the lounge area or what I simply call the square. And the square, to me, in Dixon... It's just, it's perfect. It's uh, a TV in the middle, and then you have a love seat on either side and a couch. So couch and two love seats form this, like, square. The coffee table in the middle (coughs) in front of a TV. Now, sometimes the TV's always on. Sometimes it's watched. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes the square gets a particular... You know, guys will get a discussion going about this or that or sports or hunting or guns or knives or bourbon or women or whatever. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So the square, you know, if you sit in a square, you're kind of, it it really feels like you're sitting in somebody's living room smoking a cigar with four or five other people. Uh, One thing we try to do in Dixon is if somebody new comes in and there's three guys in the square already, we'll walk them over and say, hey, guys, this is this is Shane. You know, it's his first time here, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll say, you know, this is Joe and Andy and Will, and they'll all say hi and stuff like that. And sometimes conversations get started. And, you know, you can usually tell who wants to conversate and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, so we'll have a double square. So we'll have two squares side by side. So in our lounge area, we'll have 
four love seats, two couches, two coffee tables, and two TVs right next to each other. So you kind of got a chance, and it'll kind of it'll kind of evolve into whatever it's going to be. One of those might be the conversation squares. One of those might be the quiet squares. I'm not sure, but that'll all kind of work out. Then we'll have what I call the lobby area, and that is just a place with uh, we'll have two or three high top tables and one or two low top tables. So the guy coming in or the girl coming in wanting to get on their laptop or pay some bills or do a little work work, they can come in, they can sit at those high top tables and that's kind of the quiet area. You know, we know in Dixon, if somebody sits over on one of the high top round tables, we kind of know they don't want to conversate, they've got work to do, they're gonna dive into their phone, they're gonna read a novel, you know, they're going to do kind of that. So those are, and that'll kind of stay quiet. Well, and, you know, we've discussed it before on the show, but that's something worth talking about. When you go into a cigar cigar shop, you kind of got to feel for the room. Yeah. If there's a lot of conversations going on and you become part of one of those, that's great. But if somebody's sitting there, laptop open, headphones on, yeah. their shields are up. They're, yeah. I mean, obviously. Leave them alone. Yeah, obviously they're yeah. there to get something done. Exactly. Just let them go. Let them get their things done. And I did forget, uh, we have a fourth zone, and I don't even have a name for it yet, but we don't have this zone in Dixon. Uh, we are going to have a uh, an area rug, and on the four corners of the area rugs, on the area rug is going to be a leather rec- a leather chair, not recliner, but a leather chair. We're going to have a little tiny round table probably in the middle and we're not sure what that and that's not facing a TV or anything like that Uh, so that'll kind of be that could evolve into anything I mean it it could evolve into a conversation area it could evolve into a quiet area it'd be a good spot if you and three buddies came in hey let's grab this area so the conversation stays Kind right. of if you're gonna have a game of chess foursome. or dominoes or yes, something like that, it'd exactly. be some. Because you know, it's of all I've I've been to cigar shops all over the southeast. You know, Sanctuary Cigars up there on West Nashville, they have an area called the Chapel, and there is no you know, there's no TVs in there, there's no radios in there. That's a quiet area that you go to, mm-hmm. and on if you know the owner of that shop, it, it speaks to his personality brilliantly. Where. In Madison, Alabama, when I go down there, they have one room that has a pool table. They have a room that has a poker table. They have they have it zoned off where, okay, this is the game room. This mm-hmm. is where you watch TV. This is the, the more social area. And, all, of course, all these things take square footage, so that's right. the balance of a cigar shop is balancing <laughs> out how many square feet are you going to donate to each section. Right. You know, you, you could fill a 10,000-square-foot building with a cigar shop if you tried to to make a spot for everybody yeah. to go. And I do want to stop for a second and talk about this Desvalido. Desvalido. Describe the band on that. Yeah, so it's a purple band with a rooster crest on it. And it's I was reading on the um, reviews of it, and that's honoring their Cuban tradition. Yes. And uh, if you've been to Ybor City, there's free-range roosters and everything roaming around there. Yeah. Yep, Key West. And I believe they are in Cuba, too. I've never yeah. been there. but um, We should go. Uh, do you think so? 
you and me, you and me, in the next five years, we're gonna go to Cuba together. Oh, I'll have to. I'll give it. I'll yeah. give it a try. I yeah. don't know. I've always been a little bit nervous about going. I've always thought if I went, I'd want to go on like a cruise where I could get back on the boat if I didn't like it. Yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> we'll do a cruise to yeah, Cuba. Yeah, that, that'd be a great play, yeah. a great way to do it to just kind of get there. But um, I like the flavor. This is by far my favorite dapper. This has definitely got the complexity. It's got the body that I was hoping for and the qual- with that quality of construction. Yeah. So it's by far, and you got it for me in the perfect size. This is the double yeah. Corona yes. and all. I think it's six and a half by 58 is yeah. what I was reading. Double Coronas are so great. Oh, yeah. Churchill yeah. seem a little too big. Toros are great, but then you're like, oh, I could take just a little more. So, yeah, double Coronas are, are my jam. Not a yeah. lot of companies make them, Just the, too many the, of them. The perfect flavor, yeah, and sometimes when you get to a 660 to a Gordo, you end up getting a little more filler than probably yeah. what the blend calls 56 for. 56 is as high as I prefer to go. Yeah, and a, and a lot of blenders are that way. You know, R- yeah. Willie Herrera, who's one of my favorite blenders, who blends most of the cigars that I like, he's not a big ring gauge blender. Mm-hmm. He's never going to blend a really large ring gauge cigar. And all, and I think that makes a big difference, how that comes together. Yeah. But, yeah, so this is excellent. The size is perfect. The flavor is great. I'm really excited about Yeah. I'm really enjoying this cigar. And, of course, the McAuliffe is always. Yeah, so I have the Herencia Maduro Toro. Uh, I still have my original lash on there. It's about inch and three quarters, two inches. It's burning well. The construction's flawless. Uh, this is a Nicaraguan Maduro over Ecuadorian Sumatra with Nicaraguan Honduras fillers. You know, I get some uh, I get some light chocolate in here. Uh, not a real sweet chocolate, but like a baker's chocolate, semi-sweet maybe. A little bit of co- little bit of coffee uh, and just a light pepper. Like the pepper doesn't dominate. The flavors, right. like in a lot of, uh, yeah, that, like in a lot of cigars. That's one good, one thing McAuliffe does well. You know, an AJ Fernandez when you first light it'll kind of kick you in the teeth. The McAuliffe doesn't do that. The McAuliffe just balances and flows really well. Yeah, that's one of the things I've re- I've really liked about their cigars and really enjoyed about their blends. Even their bold line doesn't doesn't have that kick you in the teeth type right. feel. And all, and especially this time of year when it's a little cooler out. No, we're sitting outside today. It's a little cooler out, and you kind of in, I enjoy a little darker cigar when it gets cooler. Yeah. And just, but you don't. I want it darker. I don't want it spicy. Yeah. Well, any cigar, any cigar maker can punch you in the mouth. The key is punching you in the mouth and you enjoying it. Yeah. So, that's, probably, that's well and, put. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's what McAuliffe and a few others do very well. Yeah, they they've done that very well. It's just um, really really enjoying it, and I'm really enjoying this cigar a lot. And also, what what do, what do you want? We're kind of coming to the end of it here. Yeah. What do you want people to know about Big Boys Spring Hill? So, what, have you got a credo? Have you got a motto? Hold on a second. Let the fire truck come by. Did Big you Boys. Just, Big did you set Bo- something on fire over there, Shane? Uh, undoubtedly. <laughs> Oh, it's an ambulance, not a fire truck. They always come through right as I ask a question. I don't don't understand how that works every time. Right. Every time I ask a question, that happens. Yeah. But 
what do you want people to remember about if they're going to plan a trip to Middle Tennessee and they want to come yeah. see Big Boy Spring Hill? What do you want them to think about? Well, I just come in, give us a chance. Uh, you know, we don't nickel and dime you to death. Uh, we do complimentary coffee, complimentary coffee, uh, chocolates. Uh, you know, like I say, we're not going to nickel and dime you to death. We're going to keep it clean. We're going to keep it comfortable. There's one of our founding principles, which is very, uh, which goes against the grain a little bit, is there's no, at Big Boys, Dixon or Spring Hill, there's no exclusivity. You know, you walk in the door, you are just as welcome. Uh, everybody gets everything has kind of always been our motto. Uh, so, you know, we don't do lockers. Uh, we don't do any private. Oh, you, you can't sit in that area. Excuse me. I know I need you to be a customer here for the next 16 years. Uh, but right now you can't sit over there because you haven't joined this or that. You know, that's uh, that's just one of our founding principles. Everybody gets everything, no exclusivity. Uh, we always try to be, you know, one of the cleanest shops you ever walk in. We keep everything organized. We keep everything neat. Uh, and we always try to be very friendly. Uh, I'm a big customer service guy. I always have been. I, only, I try to hire customer service people. Uh, and I think we've done a good job of that in Spring Hill. Uh, we've hired a shop manager for here, uh, and we're pretty sure that he's that type of person as well. So you're going to walk into something clean. Uh, you're going to walk into a nice atmosphere. And, you know, let's face it, a lot of times the shop takes on the personality of the owner and the staff. Uh, so you're going to get... You're going to feel welcome as soon as you walk in. Uh, you're never going to feel like, you know, you're in the way. You know, you're never going to be asked not to sit in a certain place. You know, you're never going to, we're never going to turn the lights out on you. You know, if if we're going to, go, if, if it's time to go, we're going to let you know 30 minutes ahead of time. You know, and something we did in Dixon that we still do to this day, we don't close till everybody's done. Now, we might do that a little different out here. Uh, the plan out here is to kind of do an hour grace. So if we close at 9, you know, when you come in at 8.55, we'll give you an hour to, to puff your cigar. But we'll kind of let everybody know, you know, at 9 and at 9.30, hey, we're closing. We're doing a hard close at 10, you know. Nothing's worse than walking in a cigar shop and, you know, puffing your cigar and getting about halfway through it all right we're closing i'm yeah. like well i'm halfway you just let me buy a 20 dollars <laughs> stick that you knew would take more than 30 minutes you know and it's like well sorry puff you know take it home with you or whatever you know well and it's one of the exciting things about the cigar business and a lot of times when we would be watching football and the game goes into overtime or <laughs> especially at like the end of the national championship game when you want to sit around and watch the um you know, watch the closing ceremonies. We just pass the hat around. Hey, bud, behind the bar, we know you're off duty. We know that your time here is expanded. 
we're going to pass this hat around. And a yeah. lot of times there'd be more money in that hat yeah. than they made all night. Well, we never boot anybody out in a, <laughs> in a situation like that. So at all, yeah, that's you know that's what it's all about. It's all about you know you get a community. A cigar shop is a community. Yes, it's a group, and it's the most inclusive, um, the least racially biased, the least yeah. politically biased. Everybody, just, yeah. we're all just cigar guys. We yeah. just enjoy sitting down, having a good cigar, yeah, laughing. And I know the most dangerous thing you can do in a cigar jo- shop is tell a joke. Yeah. Because then everybody feels the need to tell one around yeah. you. <laughs> this is true. That, that is one of the dangers of a cigar shop. If you're going to share a joke, make it a short one and a quick one and keep no. as few people involved as no. possible. Indeed. <laughs> and all but Well, awesome. Well, Robbie, thanks for sitting down with me for yeah. a little while today. I've really enjoyed it. I'm glad we got to sit and have a cigar together. And yeah. I love doing it on the microphones. Yeah. And Shane, I just want to thank you one more time for everything you did to help me open this you've been a big help uh i know we haven't known each other super long or spent a whole lot of time uh but i do consider you a good friend and i i think that friendship is just going to grow as we spend more time hanging out and everything like that i I appreciate that I'll, i'll be running for mayor of this cigar shop Okay. And yeah. also, I'll be in the running. We'll have yeah. to see who's who ends up being mayor of this cigar yeah. shop. <laughs> and yeah. that, that's, we, we always tell that joke. That's always something. Seems like every cigar shop kind of gets a mayor. Yeah. That person that people come there to kind of see and hang out yeah. with. Well, and you I'll, need a local person, especially when I don't live in Spring Hill. It'll be nice having mm-hmm. a local person in my ear giving me advice and well, and, and I and will say, like your manager that you've hired, you know, you and I talked to him. He's been a friend of mine for mm-hmm. years. Um, Great guy. He's going he's gonna to do outstanding. Great Brandon guy. is going to do so outstanding. People are going to love coming. He loves cigars. He loves people. He's just the best guy ever. I, when you when you and him got together, I was just thrilled to death yeah. that it worked out, that he's he's in a position in his life where he can come to work for you. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's going to be awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited, but... All right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up, and I'll thank you for the great cigar. Yeah. Um, if I on my on our standard scale of rating one to seven, the Desvaldo, it's a definite six at this moment. And I I need to smoke a couple of more. I'm mm-hmm. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have a couple of more of them, and kind of develop out to see if it goes up or down. But I only think it can go up from here. It to be it surprised me because being made by so much of the Oliva tobacco. I thought it would have a little more of that Oliva, Oliva feel, but totally different. Yeah. Totally different. So one to seven, what's the Arencia? Oh, this is a solid six and a half. I mean, this is, this. I mean, you don't get a lot better than this. This is one of their top five sticks that they carry, uh, and it's a great brand anyway. Very solid six and a half. This will, this, a lot of things in life will let you down. The McAuliffe, Herencia, Maduro, Toro will not. Well, and here in about six months, I'm going to come back after the shop's been open. And yes. I'm going to be, keep a note. I want you to do something for me. I yes. want you to keep a notepad of the things that have surprised you the most opening this, this shop. What things have you seen happen that's really shocked you? I will do Because in about six months, I want to come back and do this again. Maybe we'll even let Trey come this time. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see yeah. how he acts. <laughs> yeah. But, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.